Welcome. I'm Taylor Marsh, and this is Astral Soul Lightning, a podcast about making meaning, manifestation, and energies we navigate, how we create through archetypes, symbols, spirituality, and our instincts and intuition, philosophy for the Aquarian age in service to spark human imagination. My expertise, the shadow side of human beings, energies like law of attraction, and the intersection of culture, politics, and spirituality. Whether you follow world events or not, what happens far away ripples through miles of terrain to touch our lives. To create meaning, humus, humans must work to make sense of our surroundings. We'll start with a quote about the event that hadn't happened before in recorded history. There are many events that took place in the last week that will reverberate for a long time. Here's the cosmic setup. Quote, The conjunction is also going to bring a meetup with Mars, the planet of sex, aggression, and action. With all three of these luminaries in fixed Earth sign Taurus, we can expect shakeups and transformations to take place due to people taking action on the things that they believe in most deeply. These energies have been present since January, and their effects will be felt for decades to come. The, the specific meeting of Uranus and our North Node of Destiny happens approximately every 15 years, but it happens in the sign of Taurus only once in a lifetime. The next occurrence isn't until 2357, exclamation point, end quote. I chose Glamour to drill into a point I made a couple of podcasts ago. Gen X and Gen Z are more interested in astrology than organized religion. Assessing the world around us won't come through 2,000-year-old dogma. Faith doesn't require religion. We are in a moment of human history where nothing secret will be held in the shadows. Exposure, transparency, and truth provide the foundation of this intensity. The Uranus-North Node conjunction in Taurus with Mars adding fire has already revealed a myriad of shadow events, plus some shockers. This fated event brings abrupt changes, exposures, and lightning events that push humans to level up. Uranus archetype is the god of the heavens, which comes with an electric charge meant to upend what's no longer serving humanity. The energy favors boldness, action, and fearlessness. Humans who channel this archetype make decisions guided by purpose and their soul intention. Large planetary archetypes involved at this moment offer a conversation about world events and national news beyond our personal experiences. My experience in covering foreign policy and diplomacy happened when I moved to Alexandria, Virginia, and began attending national security think tank events in Washington, D.C. for several years, live tweeting what the power brokers and leaders said. Writing about politics in editorials and in nonfiction has been a passion for me. This expertise allows me to cover political events at home and around the world that metaphys metaphysical experts don't. 
The political world is beyond partisan edicts. What's political doesn't require partisanship, something we've forgotten to our own detriment. But when I explain political events and connect them to cosmic movements, I'm not suggesting a tired and overemphasized cause and effect pattern. It's a grave error to think planetary events cause human response and actions. Did the movement of planet stars, asteroids cause the tension below we are experiencing and watching? What's happening above is planetary movement dependent on mathematical calculations. The events I describe in this podcast series happened during the historic events I've outlined with the help of expert astrologers. As I've said before, I am not one of them. Cause and effect are irrelevant. Timing is the connection, whatever you make of the experience. There are quite a few historical international, religious, and political events that happened around the conjunction. The first is the shocker of the year. Kansas evolved. A quote from a Newsweek reporting. Quote, Rachel Fay, Vice President of Policy and Strategic Partnerships at Power to Decide, said that the polling leading up to the Dobbs decision showed it was very clear, that's a quote, people wanted Roe v. Wade to stay the law of the land. The Kansas referendum, quote, was a full rebuke in the middle of the country, end quote, to the Supreme Court ruling, end quote. People out there may have questioned whether those polls reflected everyone in the United States or just folks on the East and West Coast, she told Newsweek. But in my years of working in reproductive health and rights, I have come across strong pro-abortion, pro-freedom movements across the country. I grew up in Missouri. So the news that Kansans said hell no to changing their state constitution to ban abortion was a lightning bolt that struck inside Kansas all the way to the Supreme Court of the United States and beyond. Justice Alito thought he was so smart and clever, but Kansas bitch-slapped him back into the 15th century he so loves. Americans of all political stripes came out in droves in Kansas. Over 900,000 people voted in an off-year election. It was a summertime election with no Democratic candidate to get out the vote. Suburban Kansas voters denounced the decisions by Justices Alito, Kavanaugh, Coney Barrett, Thomas, Gorsuch, and Roberts. 59% to 41%. This is the first red, white, and blue freedom bell that will reverberate through the November 8 election and beyond. It's a historic victory for women's freedoms as we've ever seen, which was political, but cracked through all partisan lines. I went through some ads that helped no prevail, compliments of Bill Scher, who wrote about the ads for Washington Monthly and other publications. One ad script, quote, As Christians are instructed to love one another, 
We do so when we respect and trust women as God does. I'm voting no because it replaces religious freedom with government control. Another theme uses quote-unquote government mandate. This ad doesn't use the word abortion. Here's the script. Quote, it's a strict government mandate designed to interfere with private medical decisions. Kansans don't want another government mandate, end quote. A male doctor was featured in another ad. Here's the script. Quote, do no harm. That's the oath we take as doctors. But now the government wants to force doctors to break that oath. It's a government mandate that could ban all abortions with no exceptions, even rape and incest. Another ad features a mother talking about life-saving abortion. Here's the script, quote, It's an impossible choice. I had a three-year-old son at the time and a husband. If I didn't have an abortion, they would be without their mother and their wife. There's an ad with, an, with a Catholic grandmother, quote, Growing up Catholic, we didn't talk about abortion, but now it's on the ballot. If it were my granddaughter, I wouldn't want the government making the decision for her. <laughs> Way to go, Kansans. Wow. The next shocker is simply a CNN headline that we're not sure of the outcome yet, but it's a big one. Senate on track to take key vote Saturday to advance Democrats' sweeping health care and climate bill. Over one and a half years in the making, suddenly, Senators Manchin and Schumer came to a deal at the same time the conjunction was at its peak. That's something to think about. On the religious front, the American church continues to roil. Uranus, the electric change energy, in stable and foundational Taurus, which began in 2018, symbolizes change to institutions like organized religion, which will continue for years. This time it's the Mormon church that made big news for yet another sexual abuse scandal. A per, on a personal note, my husband was a priest holder in the Mormon church, taught elders quorum for years, but denounced the church when I first met him. To leave the, the Church of Latter-day Saints, a person must write the leaders and send the request to be removed from their roles by certified mail. Even after this, they sent two church leaders to our door to ask if he was sure. This quote is uh, from the AP uh, of the Mormon Church Sexual Abuse Investigation. Quote, Adams, a Latter-day Saint and U.S. Border Patrol agent living with his wife and six children, admitted he had posted videos on the dark web of him molesting two of his children, a nine-year-old girl and a younger daughter he began raping when she was only six months old. Adams killed himself after his arrest. The bishop, who was also a family physician, followed church policy and called what church officials have dubbed the quote-unquote helpline for guidance. But the call offered little help for MJ. 
Lawyers for the church, widely known as the Mormon Church, who staffed the helpline around the clock, told Bishop John Herod not to call police or child welfare officials. Instead, he kept the abuse secret. Again, this is from the AP News investigation. Now, in popular culture, and since I was uh, a Broadway performer and much more for many, many years, <laughs> um, I watched the limited series Under the Banner of Heaven with my husband. The story is taken from John Krakauer's book, and my hubby was stunned at how expertly the series packs the historic arch, or historic arc, I should say, of the Mormon church, although it does ignore the long history of racism. I've had personal experience with overzealous Mormons, to be kind, who believe their faith is not to be challenged, covered, discussed with their secret worship and habits off limits to the public. I'll quote Dustin Lance Black, a former Mormon who created the lead character Pyree and was the series showrunner. Quote, this is from the L.A. Times. You can nitpick, he says, but it doesn't make the problems go away. <clears throat> Excuse me. Until Mormons show the courage to look into their own shadows, the church will not improve, end quote. Ah, yes, the shadow side of the church. As to the charge of, quote-unquote, dangerous men which the Hulu series is charged with depicting, Mormon men are dangerous because they're taught they're above others and that their faith puts, puts them above women who aren't allowed personal relationships with God without a man's aid in the Mormon church. But let's not forget the women who accept this subservience and use it as a reason to attack others. One Mormon woman uh, involved on the tech side reached into my website and censored material she thought shouldn't be public, then locked me out of my own site. There are many more anecdotes from my experiences, but I will leave it at that. The dogma killing people's faith. Interaction with source does not require the oppressive dogma of organized religion. And women don't need a man to interact with God personally. <laughs> anyway, moving on. One of the biggest events to happen during this historic conjunction on the national security front was the killing of Ayman al-Zawahiri, the so-called mastermind of 9-11, from the BBC. Just over an hour after sunrise on, on 31 July, longtime al-Qaeda boss Ayman al-Zawahiri walked out onto the balcony of a downtown Kabul compound, reportedly a favored post-prayer activity of the veteran Egyptian jihadist. It would, the, it would be the last thing he would do. At 618 local time, two missiles slammed into the balcony, killing the 71-year-old but leaving his wife and daughter unscathed inside. All the damage from the strike appears to be centered on the balcony. 
In the case of the, the Zawahiri strike, it has been suggested, but not confirmed, that the U.S. also used a relatively unknown version of the Hellfire, the R-9X, which deploys six blades to slice through targets using its kinetic energy. Over 20 years in the making, the fact is this happened during a cosmic event that's never been recorded before in human history. Fascinating. On the international diplomatic front, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi made a stand for freedom by visiting Taiwan, becoming the first sitting speaker in 25 years to visit the democratically governed island. Pelosi's decision became the talk of the international community, but it also bled into social media, and her trip went viral thanks to Xi Jinping's overbearing ego reaction to her visit. I'll let Josh Rogan of the Washington Post explain. Quote, Meanwhile, on the left, several prominent voices warned this week that Pelosi's visit to Taiwan could spark a major war with China at the worst possible time, time, another straw man argument. Thomas L. Friedman argued in the New York Times that Pelosi's visit was a quote-unquote reckless because Ukraine demands our full attention. First of all, Friedman misapplies the reckless label. It belongs squarely to the Chinese Communist Party, which decided to threaten Pelosi's safety. China is shooting missiles in Taiwan's direction and conducting military drills all around the island. That's reckless. Visiting Taiwan for meetings is not. End quote. In reaction, President Xi sanctioned Pelosi and cut off climate talks with the White House, escalating tensions. Admiral James Stavridis called Xi's moves militarily around Taiwan equal to a blockade. Will there be more blowback by Xi over Pelosi's trip? Likely because she triggered him, and the Chinese president is operating from his shadow side. Think Putin with Ukraine. The leaders have a lot in common on this shadow side element. Another shadow side of strong archetypal energy was seen at the conservative group CPAC gathering in Texas that featured Hungary's strongman, Viktor Orban. The Atlantic explains, quote, This war is a culture war, Orban said, kicking off the event. This only th- the only thing we Hungarians can do is show, show you how to fight back by our own rules. Orban went on to describe how Hungary prevents migrants from entering illegally, upholds traditional gender norms and heterosexual marriage, and stays true to, quote-unquote, Judeo-Christian values, end quote. Racist, misogynistic, totalitarian, totalitarianism appeals to the far-right types that make up today's Republican Party. Growing up in Missouri gave me insight into the far-right that's been around as long as America has had political parties. It's the one thing that, that inspired me, besides my, uh, my talents, to want to get out of Missouri as soon as I was able. 
Rush Limbaugh was on my radar long before anyone else thought he was dangerous. Alex Jones is the spawn of right-wing talk radio taken to the extremes that include dangerous disinformation and defamation of people he attacks on air. Alex Jones, who called the Sandy Hook massacre quote-unquote a hoax, was forced to admit in court the tragedy was quote-unquote 100% real. A shocker during the defamation trial. Sandy Hook family lawyers revealed they'd been sent all of Jones's texts by accident from his lawyers. These texts hint that Jones had also perjured himself during the trial. Then, the January 6th committee subpoenaed the texts from NPR. Quote, The nine-member panel was especially interested in what Jones said shortly after Trump's now infamous December 19, 2020 tweet, in which he told his supporters to, quote-unquote, be there, will be wild, on January 6th. You went on InfoWars that same day and called the tweet, quote, one of the most historic events in American history, the letter continued, end quote. The punitive portion of the trial landed on Jones with a $45 million payment to Sandy Hook families. More deleted emails and wiped phones at the time of the January 6th insurrection came to light this week, this time from the Defense Department. The Defense Department revealed in court records it erased text messages and emails sent and received around the time of the Capitol attack on January 6, 2021, from the phones of top Pentagon officials, end quote. Former Defense Secretary Leon Panetta labeled it a DOD cover-up. Another shocker, maybe, was Friday's jobs report from AP News. Quote, recession? What recession? Wrote Brian Colton, chief economist at Fitch Ratings, after the numbers came out. The U.S. economy is creating new jobs at an annual rate of 6 million. That's three times faster than what we normally see historically in a good year. End quote. So, is there a shadow side of the good news report? <laughs> of course. Wall Street cratered after, jo- after the jobs report because they're worried about the Federal Reserve reaction. Oh, and, and something else happened. FBI Director Christopher Wray admitted before Congress this week in front of the Senate that he let the Trump White House dictate what he didn't do on the Brett Kavanaugh sexual allegations investigation before he was confirmed. Result? No investigation at all. Stay tuned for more on this stunner. So, if you haven't assessed it by now, the archetypes associated with the historic astrological movements above point to a tectonic struggle globally. This struggle can be felt in our personal lives, not because global events touch us, but because energy isn't static. It moves. There is energy around us daily we navigate, but don't consider. 
The point of me sharing these events is to help people see the world differently. Don't fear what's happening around and above our planet, but use your imagination to see the world in a new way. There's another way to see the world and, and our place in it. This is the purpose of my work on this podcast and beyond. In my fiction, to reveal another way to see life and understand our part. Next week, we have the Aquarius full moon, as well as Lionsgate. Lionsgate happens yearly. 8-8, August 8, is the date. Here's information for you to consider. A quote from mindbodygreen.com. Quote, as astrologer and holistic psychiatrist Case Bud, MD, notes, during, and this is a quote from her inside the article, during the Lionsgate portal, Sirius separates sufficiently from the sun to come into view. Since Sirius is the brightest star in our night sky, some ancient and even current mystics believed it infuses the earth with extra energy and light, end quote. As for the numerology, which is not my beat, but is fascinating, think about this. More from Dr. Budd, quote, the eighth house and eighth sign of the zodiac belong to Scorpio. So astrologically, eight has connections to power, transformation, energy, passion, and sexuality, all Scorpio themes, Dr. Budd explains, end quote. Now, I need to add something here <clears throat> as an expert on Scorpio. <laughs> Scorpio is the sign at the south node opposite Taurus at the north node. Taurus is our destiny. Scorpio in the south node is what we need to release. It also, in the eighth house, has a lot to do with death, other people's money, taxes, things like that. Now, taking the eight numero numerology further, eight is traditionally associated with the strength card in tarot. But in the Mariel Tarot deck by Marie White, the eight card is justice, while the strength card is 11. The quote from White about the justice card, justice card comes from Carl Jung. This is in her, the book that explains uh, her, her cards. Quote, your vision will become clear only when you look into your heart, who looks outside dreams, who looks inside awakes. End quote. The, la the action of looking into your own heart speaks directly to the Leo archetype of heart-based creativity and action, which applies to the season we're in and gives a nod to the traditional eight card in tarot, which is strength. A quote again from Marie White's 11 strength card. Quote, strength is found in doing the work of one's soul of wielding the great power of one's soul, end quote. August 8 is Monday, and it doesn't matter what you believe. My point in taking time to emphasize what astrologers deem a powerful portal, 8-8, is to suggest you suspend your disbelief, skepticism, and cynicism to conduct an experiment. 
Tap your imagination and your creative intuition, then let your instincts guide you. Carve out 11 minutes sometime on Monday, August 8, to meditate. But make sure to check Moon Void for your time zone if you want to manifest. If you're not good at quieting your mind and meditating, turn on a favorite playlist and spend 11 minutes visualizing the life you want and what effort you're prepared to do to manifest your vision. 11 minutes. A final quote from Marie White. Quote, The difference between 11 and 1 is that 1 is innocent and 11 is experienced. 1 is not just born into the world, but has had a hand in creating the reality of this life through choices and actions within the matrix of earthly chaos. Numerologically, (laughs) I can't say that word, 11 is associated with 1. It is a return to the very beginning, the start of the cycle, except this time one has knowledge of themselves and the world around them. The full moon in Aquarius comes days later on August 11th or 12th, depending on your time zone. Here's the vibe from Bustle. Quote, Aquarius zodiac energy almost always invites us to expect the unexpected, but this vibe is amplified even more so under this moon's supermoon. That's due to the powerful square aspect between full moon and the unpredictable planet Uranus. Under these change-making moonbeams, you're basically allergic to anything that feels limiting or restrictive. Now's the time to let your freak flag fly and free yourself from the burden of other people's expectations, end quote. The last supermoon of 2022 which even travel and leisure noted online. (laughs) Change is afoot. Keep leveling up. Challenging yourself to live authentically. Put yourself first and discover why you're here at this momentous time in human history. I'm Taylor Marsh, and this is Astral Soul Lightning. You can find me on social media, and my full bio is on Amazon. Email me at soul.astral.lightning at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.